0: Previously on Gresh and Fourier.
2: And we've gotten a, a little
1: Nerf basketball yet. He's got, so, a, he's got a football. Is you know? he snapping it or throwing it? Chewing on it. Play hey, <laughs> all the great ones start it <laughs> with the chew. Right. Because if, if you ever get to the NFL and you can carry the ball in your mouth, he's going to be <laughs> <laughs> number one draft.
0: This is Gresh and Fourier. Charlie McAvoy scores! He got Sure to bite Craig Smith, the ex-Bruin closes, and Swayman makes the stop, and the Bruins salvage a victory. Andy Grash.
3: At dinner, Raquel and Brez and AC and Eddie and I and a few others got a FaceTime from Dustin Petroya, and he reminded us who's still out there on the market and what opportunities might be out there so we appreciated that christian fourier
1: it's obvious that a lot of people have kind of counted us out already i think that's dangerous when you have a, a very talented group we know what we have in there we're going to talk about our goals and all that but at the end of the day it's it's time to uh put them up
0: gresh and fourier right now
1: his lower body is so Thick.
0: On W-E-E-I.
1: Oh, boy. Thick lower body guy here along with a Grash Fourier. Uh, one more week in the uh, cast, although... One week. Did make himself... Uh, did drive into work today. No one... Uh, we can't confirm or deny that actually happened. Oh, really? Yeah, well, we should probably there's, there's not no videos or deny it. it. There's no videos of you riding with me and no angry woman driving home cursing you, so... I figured that the yeah, uh, kids are out of school. Deductive reasoning. Oh, please. Kids are out of school. They got nothing to do. Might as well get up and help dad out. Oh, I'm sure that was a real easy sell, huh? am well, actually probably still asleep. Oh, <laughs> God, yeah. 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 On a vacation yeah, week? Nobody's getting up. Oh, yeah. Nobody's no, got we'd be, to we'd do. be sleeping if people leave us alone for crying out loud. Uh and uh the 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 group that made the loudest noise yesterday was the Bruins because Even though the Red Sox are back to, um, boy, I know you're going to be upset that I get this in first this week. Even though the Red Sox are back to gaslighting us on what is going on down at uh, Fenway South. Let's start with the Bruins with a, uh, I don't know if I'd say a great win from a pure hockey standpoint, Christian, because... uh, you know, it's a 2-2 game. Then you're down 3-2. You got to bust your ass at the end of the third period just to be able to tie it up. Okay, overtime's back and forth. And then you go not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not that. Nine. nine rounds on the shootout before getting the 4-3 win yesterday. So I admire the grit and the hustle and the stick of this team. Uh, but I hate the fact that they had to... Really hump it the final five minutes of the third period just to be able to get it to even to push it to overtime. Yeah, and it, and it was a very special day for Marshan. You know they were honoring him, uh, but they came from behind. They won, which they have had trouble doing uh, overall. Um, last game of a long home stand, heading out to the great, uh, great north. Right. Uh, oh, they're going uh, to and, Western Canada first, yeah. apparently. Yeah. No, this is this is a, go far away and work their way back to I, civilization. Like, the one thing I would I push back on is like uh, as far as and maybe you just said it just to say it, but I mean the Bruins were the the probably the last story of the weekend as far as things that happened that need to be discussed. Although they did play our actual real game, uh, but there were, there are were, there was them uh, and then they will be playing the next time you see the Bruins. Was their game started like 10 Eastern? Sure. Like, we we even pay attention to them whatsoever? Yeah, I don't know. I I flipped that game on yesterday because the only other thing that was on was a pushback Daytona 500. Oh, I watched the end of that. And this was on before the 500 started. So, yeah, no, I I don't know. I, I don't consider a team that could win a Stanley Cup down on the list of stories from the weekend. Yeah, I'm over considering them. there was uh, <laughs> nothing else going on. And uh, gentlemen,
0: gentlemen, gentlemen. Gentlemen. This is breaking news. Breaking news. All right. EI is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today.
1: Well, I guess we slowly slide away from potentially bicky, bickering over the Bruins to announce. Hmm. Matthew Slater has retired from the National Football League. His long-storied NFL career has come to an end. Uh, I know for those that will be uh, watching the Dynasty, Matthew Slater is prominently featured throughout uh, that uh, series that has been uh, put together that some of us have seen and some haven't. I completely understand Uh, But uh, Matt Slater officially hanging it up. And, you know, when you combine it, Christian, with Lawrence Guy being told to hit the bricks, with Adrian Phillips being told you can exit stage left as well, and now you lose a guy like Slater, I hope there's an adult in the locker room at some point, somewhere for this football team that has the ability to have that E. F. Hutton feel of the, well, when that guy speaks, everybody in the room shuts up. Whether it's out of respect or hey, that guy's the captain, everybody shut up for a second. Uh I, I hope there are people that have a Matthew Slater type presence. Um <clears throat> yeah, he was I feel like that he was the last piece. Like he was the lone survivor, I would call him as as far as of the teams of old the the what you know of the Patriots uh, you know the whole dynasty that thing has been released and we'll get into that later on also he was the last piece he represents so much because he's played so long he uh-huh. lasted longer than anyone gave that even thought he would last because he doesn't have a position he's a special teams guy that was more needed in the locker room that he really was on the field like towards the end of his career I'll put it that way. No, very true, because if you think about the beginning of the run, it was Larry Izzo was the on-field version of what Matthew Slater morphed into. Absolutely. And when they took more physicality out of those plays, it actually, to me, gave Matthew Slater extra years of NFL life. Because if you think about Izzo, you know, Izzo's playing at a time where it was Oh, hey, you're a little nutty. All right, that wedge down there, run right into the middle of it full speed a couple times a game. Once they started to take that kind of stuff out, athletes like Slater had the ability to survive as special teams sort of specialists, let's say. Yeah, and when you think about his career, you know, the the impressive part is not necessarily his achievements, you know, on the field because they're significant, uh, but it was just how long he was able to stay in the league. That's what I'm always impressed with how a guy can maneuver through a career um, and still have that team believe that he has value mm-hmm. when normally this position is and no disrespect to the special team's, you know, you know aspect of football, but it's it's becoming the least important aspect of football. Mm. Kickoff, return, they're trying to get rid of kickoff. Punt and punt return, there are some strategic elements to that. I will still admit that. I'm amazed overall, how even former players no. denigrate scoring plays. Um, They're scoring plays. You won two Super Bowls on a scoring play, yet the kicker... Who to? Sca- I, said, I said there sorry, are elements. one. You uh, won one. There are elements of uh, the kicking game that are still important, but it is most players want to remove... The the enti- every every aspect of the kicking game. They want to remove it. They don't want to do special teams. I don't want to be a part of it. It's the specialists that want to be a part of. it. I don't want to di- divert the, the the you know the attention that Matthew Slater should get. Oh, we can have a discussion okay. about Got the it. relevance or importance of special teams at a later date, probably in the summer. Joe, Write this Joe, down. Let's do Joe this Joe Cardona the is ready to call and yell again. At you. Again, like I'm, I don't want to like dismiss his importance to the team, but the thing that stands out to me. Amongst a million other things, with him, of obvious, char- his character is second to none. He's he's probably one of the most respected Patriots in the history of the Patriots by far. Just as far as just everything that he does, and he should be applauded for that because it's hard to do and say the right thing. And I think he's done it everything the right way. <laughs> hey, everybody in a league full of scummy people, yeah. this guy's great. Yeah, and uh, uh, but again, it, this this is the last piece. I don't know who is left. Uh, he'll probably be a coach with the team. Uh, tomorrow Will probably they'll probably announce that he's somehow no, I, you know, Andre I, Tippett 2.0. I mean, if Matt Slater did that, I'd be shocked, only because it feels like there's a little bit of a higher calling for him. And I ain't got no more room. Jesus, God, they got 18 assistants down there already. Seriously, what's left? Oh, here's uh, Coach of the Day, <laughs> Christian Fourier, Coach yeah. of the Day, Ty Law. I mean... Oh! Who's gonna do that? Nah, well, who, they, were, who is going? Were, who is going? Oh, it's a very they were, they were they that, that too? up anyway. Oh well, yeah, no, didn't, no, they didn't have anything to say no. because they only went, they only did it four times. That's what they yelled in the silos. They're trying to knock down. Oh, uh, so there. is this part one, so, two, three? Family. Oh, so yeah, they were yeah, saying yeah, family. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's how. That's how tough it was for them to come up with something that was in, that was relevant. And then Garoppolo like did one. I remember seeing one a bunch of years ago where he was like, uh, hey, I your win or something like that. They weren't even consistent with it. Get out of here with that. If if you that's if you're, old no, that's the old way. No, no. In, yeah, in, in, even, good point, because if we're going to get he, rid of all the old ways and oh, the, no. part of the silos is the all yeah moment, we should they should literally just say, Listen, we're not going to do this anymore. Mm. We're going to let that rest with Matthew Slater, who really inherited it from Teddy Bruschi, right? So that's fine. So it we only went through two people. I don't feel like there's anyone of value who could really do this the right way. So we're not going to do it at all. We're going to do something different. Oh, yeah. That's right. They got to come up with something different. Oh, I know. We'll say I'll come into the room and I, after a win, and I'll say. How do we feel? Uh, no, no. I'm gonna say no, no, who has no. it better than no. I no, can't no, do that. No. All, like, guys, uh,
0: all gas. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. no.
1: Okay. You know what? we'll work on it. It's got to be original. We're gonna when when it happens, we'll know it. Who likes building this silo now? Oh, oh. you yeah. <laughs> go with that. Um, I am expecting a lot of calls from Pats fans now that the uh, coaching staff is out. At 617-779-7937, hiring friends and brothers and, you know, if it was bad for the Goose, is it bad for the Gander fans? 617 uh, 779 People complained all the time about the Belichick kids or the friends of whatever how about the, the uh, FOMs? How about the Friends of Mayo? Let's hear it. 617-779-7937. I'm sure to be crickets because it's new. Is no one in a silo this time around. But in all seriousness, Matthew Slater, even though he is quote-unquote just a special teams guy, his impact on this organization will be felt in a much bigger way. And Foye, you mentioned, ah, they might announce him to the coaching staff. Nope, no, I don't know if he's a friend. Of, I'm assuming he's a friend of Mayo, but might say, yeah, I need to go do something else. But I have a funny feeling that the Kraft family respects Matthew Slater enough that even if it is one of those Andre Tippett roles in yeah. the organization – Hey, we are going to the opening of a zipper today. Yeah. At, a, at a Shaw's. Here we go. Yeah, the football the athlete could, of the week, right? That gets could a, be gets Slater. A plaque. Yeah, right, right. Coach yeah. of the week. He's been to my kid's high school. That's right. Tip it has been. That's right. It's perfect. Like, where, when's uh, when's Matthew Slater going to show up? After going one and we honor Jermaine Wiggins. <laughs> yeah, head we coach gotta, of Brockton High. Yeah, we got to hurry up and give him his award quick because <laughs> he's not going to win any more games. Why <laughs> oh, he's one and oh? Give it to, give him, it now. to him now. Now <laughs> there's slate there to be like you know I knew Wiggy win or whatever no but uh congratulations to Matthew Slater on a uh on a hell of a career and whether he goes into someone saying corporate communications ministry uh you know I, I if I'm the Patriots I want him around the athletes is really what it is like I just want him around the guys so where people know that there is a resource for someone to talk to, where they, they at least have a little bit of perspective in terms of life, the NFL, and navigating a 15, what do you end up with? 15 or 16 years and when it's lot. all said and done, right? I Just one piece of advice is um, don't do anything. Take a full year off. Don't do yeah, what would be? Anything. What would be if if Slate calls you and says, "Foye, what should I do now that I'm done? What do you tell him?" Don't open a restaurant. First thing I would say. That's right. And then and then don't open two. Yeah, we don't. that would be even worse. Yeah, we don't, his name is Matt Slater, <laughs> not Surly Johnson. No, I would say you have plenty of time to figure out what you want to do. No, none none of your opportunities are going to leave if you just let it all sink in. He hasn't been. He has technically has not been free um, for well since he's been before high school. Think about it, he went went to high school. Well, he went to college. Went to UCLA, UCLA NFL, went yep. to the NFL. So it's just an odd. I would say just let life, let the real world catch up to you. Because you've been living in a bubble, and he does have his pops to turn to as well. Who, That's true. Uh, I know, mean, if anyone I mean, knows what's, I mean, and he played, and, and the old man played O line and started like every game he ever played in it's practically, amazing. and it was like twenty years or something. It like is. That. I'm telling you, the, the the ability to 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 stay in the league that long is undoubtedly for me the most impressive thing amongst other things. But for me, it's like, how in the hell did you just? Did you convince yourself? Mentally. Mentally. that this not like the physical. Dead, yeah, it's the mental. Because like you just get so fed up with it and sick of it. It disgusts you, the whole aspect of walking into the building, especially if things are tough, you know? But you know what? Well, um, luckily for Slater, there were very few years like this year that sort of yeah. wore, you know what I mean? It, this was a year where it was like you played two. But he's listen, he's the last piece. He is the last piece of oh, what used yeah. to be a great, in uh, unbelievable, it's like the Roman Empire. For in a way. some, for some fans, this is like the whole you know pulling down the statue of yeah. Saddam Hussein, and it's like, ah, oh, he's gone, yeah, and get rid of everyone around here and yeah. start over again, and all that. Uh, well, we didn't get to the Red Sox, and uh, listen, I have no other way to take John Henry other than you and me and Fourier and Billy and Nick. We all don't matter. We will tell you why
4: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. modella the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
0: Fresh and Fourier on WEEI.
1: We're a very tight knit group, and I think it's it's obvious that a lot of people have kind of counted us out already. And I think that's dangerous when you have a, a very talented group. We know what we have in there. And I think we're confident in that. We know what we can do. So, but at the end of the day, it's you know, we got to show up and and prepare the way we need to and play the way, perform the way we need to. So, we're going to talk about our goals and all that, but at the end of the day, it's it's time to uh, put them up. Cool. Oh, Trevor oh, Story. Put them on. Put them on. He's getting ready wow. for our fight. Oh, look out. Hey, listen here. Nobody's going to want a cowboy up like I do. I played in Colorado, and that means I know all about them other kind of cowboys up there. Maybe some of them dope cowboys. Uh, I'm going to be the one that's going to lead the way here in Boston. My name is Trevor Story. He's Get tu- behind me. He's your 2024 representative in the All-Star game. If you want to just go ahead and do early predictions, there's your Don't guy. Don't you dare he, be there smirch. He is. There he, he, the there's 30, your guy. The $35 million dollar third baseman oh, has never heard yeah. from. Oh, yeah, that How guy. How dare you? I, no, that that is – listen, he is um doing what most – Every single perennial loser would (laughs) literally do at the beginning of the happiest time of their life. I mean, hey, camp just officially open, right? They'll practice for maybe two hours in the morning, play golf, hang out with their kids, come back the next day, maybe an hour and a half, maybe not. And half an hour of that is going to be taken up by stretching and chatting and talking and telling stories. I mean, who wouldn't be happy? Who wouldn't be feeling good? And who wouldn't try to again gaslight the fans? Oh yeah, that there's definitely uh, uh, that from Trevor Story. Now I do understand where Trevor Story is trying to come from. The you know what this team needs talent. They need a hero. Oh, they need a hero. <laughs> they need a, They need uh-huh. they need a leader. They well, need, they do. They need someone to. Hero, they man. do. You're right. He is he's, he should be the spokesperson too, shouldn't he? He is the he's the hero. I, I'll tell you what what they need to change it to is Metallica's hero of the day for his uh, for Trevor Yeah, find yeah. Find the hero of the day. Your
4: ass. I mean, he—he he, he, he has
1: to be the face of the franchise he, right now, is and, he not? And they need somebody. reluctant franchise. No, the they do. The franchise? Christian, you're—they need somebody to shovel the poo. They need somebody to sort of, you know, shovel it on our shoes and tell us that it isn't raining or that it won't be dirty or Don't anything like the that. Smell. They because right now, if we are going to be fair. I don't know if Alex Cora can look at a camera with a straight face and talk about this baseball team the way that Trevor Story did in terms of the, well, you know, there's a lot of talent here and all that. Oh, really? Well. Wow. Oh, I don't know. What man. kind of sunglasses are you wearing today? <laughs> because most people look around and they and they don't see a lot of it. Yeah, it is a rose colored with those glasses be? Would it Not be even. No, it's we have to be They're they're poop emojis. They're poop emojis, they're poop emoji glasses. You can see right through. He's... But you know what? You take the man's money, you do the man's job. Right now, now, Trevor's story has to be the equivalent on the diamond of what Sam Kennedy is shoveling all of the verbal dung for ownership because, ladies and gentlemen... I think this is a real sort of seminal moment in Red Sox history in the ownership of John Henry, because yesterday at camp, John Henry asked again by Chris Cotillo and other you know the rest of the the Walking Dead of the the baseball writers down there, and they're falling around John Henry and they ask, hey, would you like to talk today to speak directly, you know? To the fans. I'm not going to, so quit asking. And it was another no. I get it that Sam Kennedy is the spokesman. But at no point in time does the real owner of this baseball team, John Henry, feel compelled to give, forget us in the media, I've done being cussed out before. I've done been told to get out of people's offices. Fine. That's part of the job that we do. But it's you who watch Nesson who will be, as they will automatically tell us, among the 2.5 million people that will go through the Fenway experience, the owner of this team, John Henry, minus the championships when it comes to communicating with you and us as fans, is Jeremy Jacobs. Seen not heard. Doesn't want to say anything. When Jerry Jacobs was getting hammered around here, Foyer, in the early 2010s before the Bruins ended up winning a cup, it was, oh, that guy's in Buffalo. That guy's more worried about concessions. That guy with the—that's why Charlie Jacobs is here in town. That's why you can see him as the front-facing forward representative of the organization. And I don't want to—I don't want to get all worked up because I don't want to toot the fly out of my mouth because I'm holding on to this thing like grim death. But normally this would be the time where I'd elevate my voice and say, at least it's a Dadgum family member. And somebody connected to the owner that is the person that is here. This owner and John Henry walks by time after time after time. Let's create the Papelbon show instead of whatever you want at winter weekend. It's just really insulting that this guy takes such advantage of Red Sox fans that he straight up refuses to communicate directly to the people who want to know why are you operating this way? It is insulting. It is, it's silent gaslighting is really what it is. I almost feel like it's, it's a little worse than that. And I can't even, we should almost like create our own word in a way, because what they're doing is so you mentioned insulting. It's just, it's, So, the owner of the team rolls in to spring training, and he just refuses to talk. Then Sam Kennedy, recognizing and getting a little bit irritated by all the criticism that he has been receiving based on things he has said, ownership has said, Tom Warner himself, just the overall just trying to hide the truth. Because you as a fan, you're stupid. I'm smart. You're dumb. I can fool you. I can, like, manipulate my words. And then I could... Cover them up and then re explain it. And then still, I'm still doing the same thing to you. So while Sam Kennedy is, kind of, while John Henry is walking, Sam Kennedy says, Oh, let me take a picture so everybody knows that you're here, John. Hey, nobody says that you're here. It's another form of mocking the fans. It's another form of just, of just their, almost in my opinion, admission that you're stupid. You're still going to show up. Yeah. I got you. It doesn't matter what you do. You're hooked. It's just, I can do whatever the hell. Because finally, what they're doing now is really admitting to what we all knew was happening anyways. They finally just said, okay, you got it. You got us. I'll admit it. We'd have to chip away at it, though. And Christian, if people missed it this weekend, this was Sam Kennedy. We went from in November one owner tom warner saying full throttle then it turned into buttons and levers and now it's about parameters
3: we we have set uh, parameters uh, for him and he's operating under those parameters
0: I mean, can we surmise that there is additional room from where you are now compared to the parameters that you've set?
3: You know, I I do not want to talk about specifics related to payroll or parameters, because it it does nothing to help us competitively. And look, I I think the focus on, on spending is fair and reasonable. Given where we have finished uh, the last couple of years, we understand there's frustration. Um, the best way to turn that frustration around is to go out and win baseball games um, and have the focus be on the team and, and our players versus where we're spending. Um, there's nothing that I can say or do at this point in the offseason that's gonna make anybody feel uh, great about what's happened in the last two years. So we've turned the page internally and, and, and we're, we're moving on to 2024.
1: It sounds, you know what I mean. Uh, well, you know, Christian, we got to get things in line because if we're ever uh, gonna flip this team and be able to really maximize the value for it and take it out of the actual uh, FSG, uh, then you know we're gonna we got to get the books in line. We got to get some things in order. And and instead, it is the well, we'd love to get to the focus on the field. Well, so would we. So would we. We're we're no different than you, Sam. You're just hoping and wishing that the young guys that you're going to roll out there because y'all don't want to spend money right now. And look, maybe there actually would have been a case that could have been made. Hey, listen, the last two years haven't been good. Here's our long-term plan. Instead, we were led astray. And the guy... (laughs) who, in Sam Kennedy, who has to stand out there and talk for John Henry because he is either afraid or just wants to take every one of us for granted and doesn't feel the need to communicate with fans, media, etc. Now that guy has to then trip all over his tongue trying to be able well, now we got parameters. I know there was one owner who... You know, he's the guy who waved at Ray Charles. I understand. He's the guy who said it. But, you know, now we got these parameters and da-da-da and all this stuff. It's like, well, if we'd known that from the very beginning, yeah, you would have been ripped in the beginning, but people would have gotten over it. Now it feels like you've led us astray. You've led us to think something would be different. It clearly is not going to be. And now it is just moving the goalposts along the way. And, oh, by the way, might be a little more palatable if the dadgum owner was the one saying it, not the person who's the mouthpiece who's now stuck between one guy who doesn't want to speak and the other one who does and puts his foot in his mouth. See, you know, you mentioned the Jacobs and the Bruins, and, you know, I would say they at least they have Cam Neely. At least they have a guy that they're smart. Yeah, they a little, exactly. When they heard the yep. rippage 15 years ago, it was everybody loves Cam. Let's put him in a role like that, because there are very few Bruins fans who would ever look at it and be like, yeah, that Cam Neely doesn't know what he's doing. It's at least a layer of kind of Teflon or deflection for the Jacobs family if people did want to sink their teeth into them the way they used to. Yeah, and I would say Cam Neely can handle it. He can deal with it. It's a different type of fan base also, I think, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, I think with the... With the Red Sox, like thank you for just finally being honest. Th- right. That is, I think, because how long we did? It, how long did they really think they could kind of pull this off? Well, it was like, what no, so it would have been November, December, January. So we're at three and at a half months of having the wool pulled over our yeah. eyes, and it was like time and time again. Like we see that the emperor has no clothes. We know what you're doing. No, 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 no. Here's Tom Warner, January 16th. In the end, quote, in the end, we don't have a line in terms of our payroll that we look at as much as trusting that Breslow is going to deliver on his assurance that we're going to be competitive. I love how they, they, they he makes sure that he says <laughs> right. he basically guaranteed that we're going to be competitive. Sure. Now, so I'm going to pass the. Everything's on him now. He said we were going to be competitive. Sam Kennedy, February 19th. We have set parameters for Breslow to operate under. Do we think it's any different, there was any different for High and Bloom? Do we think that no. High and Bloom didn't have parameters? Correct. Like, they literally gave them, and then they just scapegoated him, and then it was like, well, he didn't pull the trigger when he needed to. You set parameters. He wanted to spend. He wanted to make some moves. You probably said no. and Or no, but and the other word was nobody could convince John Henry that this was a good deal because High and Bloom was too weak. All right. So you take Super Nerd A, replace him with Super Nerd B, who actually played the game, so he's got a little different perspective because he's a nerd who played the game. You can trust him a little bit more. So are there people over there that are job-scared? Meaning, if you have to bring in Theo Epstein to try to be able to shake the tree of John Henry to get something done, so then I automatically have to assume that whatever John Henry wants... Tom Werner and Sam Kennedy are in lockstep because Sam Kennedy, who I would say would be the highest ranking sort of day-to-day Red Sox official that's over there, right? Like Tom Werner might have a TV project. John Henry might have to go to Liverpool, things, yeah. right? Whatever in the world it is, right? So if you have to go to the lengths of trying to bring in Theo Epstein And one of the, which, by the way, I think all the Red Sox stuff, and we're already seeing it, of the whole Theo's going to do this, do that. He's not running the team. That's bull crap. He's graduated from that. He's in the advanced class now of the getting into an ownership stream or something like that. But if you had to go that far to bring in that guy, what does that say about your existing management? Then that just tells me that if John Henry wants it, Sam Kendi's just going to be like, all right, boss, how do you want me to go out there and, and, you know, fling the verbal dung to be able to cover it or something like that. You know, like the the biggest problem is that they – I love that they're getting their comeuppance. Because I, I, they actually probably sat in the room, and said, you know, we could, we could totally do. We'll just listen, just I, ignore we, them. Just we got it. I got. I'll tell them this. They'll be fine. But we, it doesn't matter what we do. They will be there always. Look at the ticket sales. Look at the Fenway experience. I, they would have done themselves more favors if they just would have came out from the very beginning and said, listen, kind of mismanaged us a little bit. We realized like this is what we want to do. We want to be the old uh, Red Sox, but we're going to try this approach, right? And, this, and we're going to set parameters, and we're going to come down low. We're going to rely, at least for now, for our young arms, and then when we're ready, we're going to start spending money like freaking crazy because we're going to add to what is already good. But right now, the division, everybody's ahead of us. Every single team in our division is is better equipped, has a better roster, and more like ability to add value. Okay, We're not saying we're just going to wait. We're going to do this the right way. What about the last two, three, three out of the last four years? Well, you know what? Bad approach. We're starting over again. I would guarantee you, you would have more people willing to kind of deal with the losses if it was identified early on that it was going to be tough. That we got a plan. We have a plan. Instead yes. of saying one thing and doing another. Agreed. That's why you want to revolt. You want people to say, screw this. Like, what you just did in the last three months is proof. It's bad enough the owner takes advantage of the ingrained public trust in the franchise and, yes. by not speaking. Exactly. They'll always be there. Don't worry. Why are you guys freaking out? I'll show up. It's funny. He didn't have, like, a, a conflict on his schedule this time, right? He was able to fit That's this right. trip in, you know, at the winter weekend, which had been on the books for, like, a year, he had a scheduling conflict, couldn't show up to that. Like, the fact that this guy, with all his wealth and money, is so against, like, talking to a very friendly media group, or to your point before the show started, why doesn't he sit down with Nesson? Oh, my why God. Why doesn't he? own owns everything. He owns you re- the network. it. They could completely roll out a 30-minute interview of Bullcrap. Yes. We know it's we, we know it's edited. It we know you're taking out the uncomfortable stuff. You know he you probably let him answer it two to three times so he doesn't stumble or sends out some sort of you know cryptic message that we would interpret differently than he intended. You have final clearance again. Oh you're my on the god! Network. How how are they so rich and successful? I honestly, God, that that is my question. Oh, because how can you so with all the people that you employ? How. Did it get to this point? They're number one. They're smart. They did win. Oh, Christian, listen, I'm say, I'm agree. They are smart, but we, how did they get to this? Well, uh, well, in a Arrog- me- from a messaging aspect, arrogance. From okay, good. Arrogance. From a messaging aspect, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say, we're, yeah, we're the Red Sox. Yep. we've won four since we've been here. Everyone should be happy. Uh, we know you're rolling through the ballpark anyway. You're going to show up. It's a, it, it's one of those deals. I mean, hell, look at the Liam Hendricks signing. Two years for $10 million. Guy might be able to come back this year. Might be able to. So, you know Kenley Jansen's gone. We thought he was going to be gone anyway. What he said to Rob Bradford is a little alarming, and we'll get to that a Ooh. little bit later, but... It no, I think it's the oh yeah two point hey what's it worse two point three million people go through nah see here's the thing top ten in baseball you're right okay it is arrogance and they will be proven right again until they because they're not going to feel the pinch of ticket sales they're not going to feel the pinch at concession stands parking nothing is gonna and if it is and if it does go down a one percent half of a percent. I think they'll be able to I think they'll be fine. And the other thing too, their television money is never going away. They're not San Diego. They're not Texas. They don't have to worry about their network going under. So while we're not privy to those numbers. Whatever money the left hand gives the right in terms of Nesson, they know that's never going away because it's not tied into a rights fee, which is probably one of the dirtier little secrets on the spreadsheet in terms of what the Red Sox have going for them. It's the one number people have never been able to pin down. Uh, Coming up, Jalen Brown. Come on, man. I put faith in you in a dunk contest and you lose to a G-leaguer and and stick your text to 37937. He's the greatest dunker that ever lived. He's a G-leaguer. He's an all-star. How does this happen? That's next.
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit (sighs) ads.odyssey.com.
4: Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?
0: You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston W-E-E-I. And check out W-E-E-I on YouTube for our video on demand content updated daily. Now, more of Gresh and Fourier on W-E-E-I.
1: NBA All-Star Weekend was this weekend. Ten forty nine. 49 Gresh and Fourier. It was almost a part of uh, what turned into another back-to-back Lunchtime parlay win, except we missed by a damn half point in the college game. We'll get to that, um, but uh, uh, here we go. Well, how do you want to start with this? Do you want to go specifically Jalen Brown dunk contest well, or overall big picture? Yeah, maybe. Maybe let's go overall because I am just disappointed that a real vested All Star and a top three pick in the NBA loses to the dunk contest. To some guy who's living in a trailer park in Orlando <laughs> in the G League. Sorry. Yeah, yeah he's doubling down. Like, his, like his, night, his night job is being Huck Finn in Disney right? World. and I know, <laughs> I know the texters are coming out to defend Mac McClung as if he's Larry Bird for God's sakes, but um, that was disappointing. Uh, maybe a little too theatrical. I don't Oh, mean, by Jalen Brown. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. You think it was too much? He went overboard by he went overboard too much? It's not interpretive dance. It's not some college course that you take in, you know, drama class where like it just seemed like he was trying really hard to show a lot of symbolism. You mean he channeled Napoleon Dynamite on this interpretive dance? Too much. He's got the glove on from Michael Jackson. He's got the picture on the like, just dunk the basketball. Just dunk it. That's it. I would remove all props. I would remove, like, uh, you can not allowed to in- involve anyone from the stands. It's you and the stupid hoop and the ball. Let's see who can be more creative and be more powerful and just, like, overall showcase your talent. Like, to me, like, the dunk contest has a chance. It has a chance. But it'll never, and I think, I think Jalen Brown is almost Lewis and Clark combined because somebody needs, some superstar needs to kind of say, it's okay if you lose the dunk contest to a white guy who plays in the G League. Well, I think that is a part of sadly the interest in it right now is that it is some quote unquote white boy from the G League who has come up and just does some crazy dunks. He's and got think, mad hops. Yeah, Listen, yeah, he's I, good. Great. Good but for, he's not nobody gives a crap about Mac McClung. Uh I agree. It lasts for a day. And then it's, oh, yeah, that guy won again. And then again, he's back down in Osceola or Fort Myers or, you know, I don't know, Sarasota, whatever the hell it is. Uh, But you actually had a poll on this that is pretty interesting because... I did watch the uh, Sabrina Onescu against uh, Steph Curry three-point contest. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, and her afterwards, uh, she's so poised. It's it's kind of gross just how well Sabrina Onescu is put together. And they were like, yeah, it's a tough loss. She's like, well, it's proof if you can shoot, you can shoot. And it's like, you know what? Good, Good handle. Yeah. Good line. And it worked, and a lot of people kind of jumped on it a little bit. But I was like... Oh, come on, Jalen. You can't lose to that guy. And yeah, with the three-point shootout, it was more just entertaining for me. I do think there is this weird perceived difference or perception between the dunk contest as far as your man card goes and the three-point contest. Like how the dunk contest is perceived and how superstars that are massively talented avoid it out of the fear of being shamed and mocked as opposed to the three-point contest where it's you're never mocked and you're never kind of made or ridiculed if you lose a shooting contest as opposed to the dunk contest, which has this man car that is associated with this, this like, tough, like, uh, look at me, like, uh, you know, so people avoid it because they don't want to lose and be made fun of. I I don't understand, and that's why I don't think – that's why I think the dunk contest – has gone the way of the typewriter. Like they just nobody wants to enter it. It's a zero sum game. It's yeah. What, what do I gain out of it? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Um, I you know Jalen Brandt, can he can dunk. I didn't think his dunks were really impressive. I was not really blown away by them. But Mac McClung, listen, like the obvious thing is like he's short and he can jump really freaking high. Well, that's there. There's a spud web effect going on with him right now. But to your point, you're right. It it, it felt like. Back in the day, you could become a legend more off of the dunk contest than the three-point shootout. That was until our guy Larry Bird fires up a shot, throws the one finger in the air, and starts walking away because he knew he won the damn thing. Like, that was one of the first times where you're like, oh, that was also Larry Bird, so that does help too. There's no question. But it doesn't feel like there is the iconic moment of having the the 50 point dunk and winning the dunk contest whereas if you're the if you're the loser to the guy from the g league it rates way worse than being the guy who missed his money ball on the final shot and lost 27 25 in the three-point yeah you said it's a zero-sum game so i thought that there was a lot of there's a big risk we were talking about this on friday all throughout the week when we heard that jalen brown was going to do it well i mean there's a huge risk because he's probably going to lose to the sentimental favorite, who obviously has a unique aspect to him as opposed to Jalen Brown, who should win. It's David versus Goliath all over again, and you're the highest paid guy in the league, and you're losing to a G-leaguer. There's a risk there, or the other guys that are in the dunk contest— no, but they're not household names. You're the only guy on the best team in the NBA, and you lost. Seems like we should be watching the G League uh, dunk contest if there's all these people down there who can't play a lick but can jump through the gym. There's some uh, Twitch chatters who are saying that uh, they didn't even invite the best guy. Great. Yeah. Oh, I guess I better I uh, I guess I better watch that one whenever they have it at the uh, Tacoma Hair Care and Tire Center for the, the G League All-Star game If there even is one. And you know what, Fourier, speaking of the All-Star game, boy, did you watch that hunk of crap? I'm going to reserve my opinion. Um, I'm not going to even give you a hint. But I will say this. Quit your bitching. Oh, I would say I you don't even Your bitching. I would say you don't even need to be very old to be able to bitch about this one. This is an old bastard. This is just straight up I want it the way it used to be. We will get to the curious case of the All-Star game next.